This episode includes depictions of colonialism, racism, and brief allusions to sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of Mashimon. Today's episode combines features from a number of Maya and Central American legends for dramatic effect. Hello, I'm Vanessa Richardson. Welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Each week, we turn the page in our global bestiary to a new chapter, a new monster, and a new meaning. Because there's no greater portrait of a person than what they fear most. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. The subject of today's episode is more of a folk saint than a monster, though he may seem monstrous to some. Mashimon is a modern man with ancient Maya origins and Catholic associations, a chain-smoking drunk who plays with trade, fertility, and death. And he's always dapper, always ready for a good time, whether you want to have one or not. Coming up, a trickster saint meets a repressed priest. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. This Central American folk saint known as Mashimon does not come from a single story or myth. He's a composite of indigenous Maya beliefs and Spanish Catholic iconography, specifically that of San Simon. 
Catholic saints are generally known for their piousness. Their statues often show suffering figures, their eyes lifted to God, finding peace in their faith. Catholics offer prayers to saints in search of solace and support, aspiring to be as good as the sacred soul standing in front of them. Mashimon is far less judgmental, because he himself has flirted with sin and vice. He assists with prayers his conventional counterparts wouldn't touch, like hopes for fame, power, or desire for a specific unmarried woman. He still holds sway in Mesoamerican communities from Guatemala to the United States. He's usually worshipped as an effigy, a well-dressed man with a lit tube of tobacco between his lips. In the lakeside town of Santiago Atitlan, Guatemala, his wooden form is displayed on a straw mat. Worshippers visit him with offerings of silk scarves, hats, moonshine, hand-rolled tobacco, and money. In the past, Mashimon was given credit for positive blessings, such as curing infertility. But the most popular folktale about him has more to do with sex, vice, and mischief. The story goes that long ago, Mashimon was a protector and ally of the local fishermen. They asked him to watch over their wives while they were away. Mashimon agreed with a smile and a puff on his tobacco. As soon as the fishermen left, Mashimon set about seducing their wives. He was able to bed most of them thanks to his charisma, but when they resisted, he took on the appearance of their missing husbands. When the fishermen returned, they cut off Mashimon's arms and legs. This is why his effigy is often only a torso. But the mutilation did not stop Mashimon. Far from it. He continued his debauchery. The fishermen realized that the only way they could get the saint's real favor was his favorite offerings, tobacco and alcohol. Mashimon does what he pleases, so it's best to please him if you can. Keeping the faith cost money. Padre Gonzalo knew this, but it was never more obvious than when he was standing in Santiago Atitlan. His Spanish countrymen had only begun their conversion of Guatemala in the last hundred years, and yet somehow the church here was already a moldering ruin. He told the Tsutuhil that they had to keep up the Cofradia, the community of believers, to give their Lord and Savior a home, but this chapel was uninhabitable. The jungle would have been better. Beneath the lake would have been better. Anything but this. The beams and altar were rotten. Mold clung to the wind-beaten curtains, and the wooden effigies were splitting, all except for one seated figure perched in the entrance to the chapel. Gonzalo was used to the Maya's unique way of worshiping the Catholic saints. Their holy statues were often rudimentary, their faces crudely carved, and their clothing made from cloth rather than sculpted wood. But this effigy was different. He was wearing traditional Tsutuhil clothing, but the hair pasted on his face was in the Spanish style. The short and wide hat of a Catholic missionary sat on his head. It was a strange blending of the two cultures. Gonzalo leaned closer to examine the effigy. A rancid rush of grain alcohol and used tobacco stung his nose. When he got close enough to peer beneath the hat, he saw that a hand-rolled tobacco pipe was pressed between the figure's wooden lips. He almost gasped. 
this was no saint of his. The very idea of vice and divinity sitting side by side offended him. Gonzalo turned to Tomei, the Maya local he'd left in charge. What was going on? Tomei shrugged. That's San Simon, padre. Gonzalo crossed his arms. It most certainly is not. No apostle smokes tobacco. Tomei reminded Gonzalo that plenty of priests smoke tobacco. Gonzalo said that was beside the point. This is wrong, all wrong. You must put this thing away, burn it. Tomei gaped at him. I cannot burn Mashimon, padre, he will be angry. Gonzalo made it clear that the church was far more frightening than any pagan idol. Tomei was not convinced, but Gonzalo told him that God saw all things, punished all things. If Tomei wouldn't save his village from damnation, Gonzalo would do it for him. He strode forward, but Tomei stepped between him and the offending effigy. He is a saint, padre. He sees our darkest desires and seduces our wives. Gonzalo scoffed. A man of God would never be so lustful, and San Simon was a man of God. Tomei gave him a quizzical look. He told Gonzalo firmly, Please leave, or I will make you. Tomei's friends seemed to appear from nowhere. Gonzalo wanted to resist, but there were too many of them. They glowered at him with narrowed eyes, edging him out of his own church. It was wrong. It was heresy. But he was only one man far from home. He knew the Maya could be obstinate. This wasn't the first time they'd clung to their gods, dressing them in holy vestments and calling them representatives of the true church. Gonzalo had thought he'd made some headway, but Santiago Atitlan was more far gone than he'd thought. Still, he could get the locals back into line. He just needed a small act of God first. Night washed over the jungle like a flood. There was no pleasant, peaceful silence, only buzzing insects and the call of nightbirds. Gonzalo tried to ignore the intermittent roar of a jaguar somewhere out in the jungle. He crept through the village, tiptoeing along the lakeshore and up towards the mountain chapel. He'd expected a sentry of some kind, but the church was unguarded, a sign of divine providence, perhaps. The effigy looked more human in a low light. His posture was less rigid somehow, like he'd just come home from a long day of partying. No candles were lit, but smoke wafted about the small room. Gonzalo considered his options. He could make a mess of the altar, but that might only make the Maya think the god was displeased with them. No, he needed something more final. Gonzalo took a deep breath and removed Mashimon's hat. He was surprised to find that the head was not wholly wood. It was a wooden mask with a bundle of sticks behind it. The facial hair and wooden lips were realistic, right down into the gap in the lips that held the tobacco. The eyes were more geometric, horizontal triangles with thick curved brows, much more in line with the temple carvings he'd seen in the ancient Maya ruins. He kept telling himself it was a silly thing, a simple artifact of a soon-to-be-forgotten god. But as he reached for it, he felt a surge of heat against his fingers. Gonzalo pulled his hand back in shock. 
he reminded himself that the Lord protected the righteous in all things. More than that, he protected those who endeavored to be righteous in their actions, as flawed as they might be. That was the trouble with this parody of a saint. There was no apology in him, no desire to confess his sins. It was a very poor example for the village. Gonzalo plucked the mask from the effigy and shoved it into his robe. He patted the cloth down to look as inconspicuous as possible. As he passed between the pews, Gonzalo stiffened. He could feel eyes on his back. Something was waiting within the shadowy depths of the chapel. But when he turned, there was no one there, just the now featureless head. He stole away under cover of night, telling himself that he would be safe within the walls of his monastery. The mask was simply an object, a curiosity. It had no tricks to play, no means of tempting him to sin. But as the wood knocked against his stomach, he felt a hunger deep within himself, a hunger he had fought off with prayers and confession again and again. Even as it grew stronger, he would not act on it because he could not act on it. And yet, he could swear on his Lord and Savior that he heard a deep voice speak from within his robes. Thank you for the visit, Gonzalo. Let's have a little fun, you and I. Coming up, the Padre brings a fox into a hen house. Put yourself in the shoes of a real-life detective. Imagine examining the crime scene, gathering evidence and interviewing witnesses, feeling the pressure mount as you race against time to catch a criminal. Each week on Scotland Yard Confidential, the new Spotify original from Parcast, we enter the minds of some of the greatest detectives in history, following in their footsteps as they hunt down suspects and solve seemingly impossible cases, like the scandalous murder of singer Cora Crippen in 1910, whose body was found in her cellar shortly after her husband skipped town or the daring Hatton Garden heist of 2015, when a gang of elderly thieves made off with a haul worth millions, and the cryptic notes found at a murder scene during the First World War. Was it a clue or a red herring designed to throw investigators off? Scotland Yard Confidential is a Spotify original from Parcast, made in partnership with Noiser, airing episodes weekly starting May 19th. Follow and listen to Scotland Yard Confidential for free on Spotify. Now back to the story. Gonzalo breathed a sigh of relief as he passed beneath the gate of the convent of San Domingo. It was time to put away the stolen mask of Mashimon and leave the sinful part of the world behind. Gonzalo was not actually a missionary by trade. His primary duty was overseeing the convent. It was a quiet job, mostly, offering confessions and handling correspondence with the church. He'd never been more glad to return to the petty politics of the nuns. Anything to stop thinking about the strange artifact he was carrying, the stolen mask of Mashimon, the seductive saint. He was even pleased to see Sister Leonor as he entered the courtyard. She was a horrible busybody, but at least she was a familiar face. She wrinkled her nose at him. Padre, how was your trip to the lake? He tried to give away nothing. Uneventful, have a good afternoon. She called after him. Sor Floriana is looking for you. Her voice was sharp, an accusation. Sister Floriana was pretty, 
beautiful even. In another life, Gonzalo would have asked to marry her, but they had both dedicated themselves to God, and men of God could not be lustful, he reminded himself. He thanked Leonor and headed to his quarters. Unwrapping the mask from his robes, he placed it on the small desk in the corner of his room. The carved eyes looked jolly, despite their downturned corners, like they knew something he didn't. He called for Floriana. She hovered in the doorway, maintaining a respectful distance, but the smile in her voice was unmistakable. Padre, <laughs> how may I help? Gonzalo handed the mask to her. Place this curiosity in one of the crates for Madrid. I'm sure the king would be fascinated with its provenance. The Maya worship it as a god and give it tobacco. Floriana tilted her head. How odd. I'll prepare it immediately. You will compose a letter? He nodded. He liked moments like this. He could pretend they were the only two people in the world. A team. She gave him a small bow and left. Days passed. Gonzalo wrote his letter to Spain and placed it in the box with the mask, closing the door to the storage room behind him. He was dressing for bed when he heard a quiet knock on the door. It was Floriana. She was wearing her nightgown, her hair barely covered. He'd imagined this moment many times, but he'd always dismissed the impure thoughts for what they were, a devilish trap. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> Sister, what is the meaning of this? She wrung her hands. Oh, Gonzalo, I tried to stop myself, but you just make me so... She grabbed him and brought her lips to his. It was better than Gonzalo had dreamed. She was soft and sweet and smelled like cinnamon. He waited far too long before he pulled away, just enough to ask her what she was doing. She wrapped her arms around him, giggling. You mustn't be ashamed, mi amor. I saw your joy last night. How can something that feels so good be sinful? Gonzalo was confused. He'd spent last night alone in his room, reading the Bible. He told her so. She laughed. Oh, Gonzalo, this is a terrible game. Just kiss me. She tried to hold him again. He pushed her away. She blanched. What is wrong, Gonzalo? Gonzalo straightened his robes. He insisted that he knew nothing about this visitation Floriana was speaking of. He suggested they pray together. No, it would be much better to be apart. This had to be an act of Satan. Sweet, pure Floriana would never do or say such things. Floriana's laugh was dry and mirthless. Oh no, I'll not be fooled by you. Either you're lying to me or I have lost my mind. Neither appeals. Yet I want you still. What cruelty is this? I will not stay. She turned on her heel and ran from the room. Gonzalo wanted to call after her, but he stifled his voice before it left his throat. This had to remain secret. No one would believe that he hadn't invited Floriana to his bed. Leonor would have him drummed out of the church before he had a chance to explain. Perhaps he would be tried for witchcraft. The answer was simple. He would tell no one, and he was confident Floriana wouldn't either. 
The shame on her face had already broken his heart. He needed to figure out how to free her from the influence of whatever evil had possessed her. There was another knock on the door. He didn't know what he'd do if it was Floriana again. Instead, it was a bearded man dressed like a member of the Dominican order. His skin was tawny, lighter than the Maya, but darker than Gonzalo's. He bid Gonzalo a good evening and strode into the small cell without asking. Gonzalo demanded to know what sort of scoundrel would bother him at this hour of the night. The stranger replied with a smile, Mashimone at your service. This was a joke. It all had to be a joke or a dream. You're not real. Mashimon laughed as he took out a rolled tube of tobacco. He lit the tobacco, then drew a flask from his robes. Come, Gonzalo, let's drink and you can tell me of your woes. The tobacco smoke wafted about his head in a parody of a halo. His eyes glittered beneath dark brows. Each time he puffed his cheeks to inhale, Gonzalo swore he could see wood grain in his skin. Gonzalo decided this had to be a dream, a nightmare. He couldn't have fallen so far from his aspirations of virtue. I don't have any woes. I've done nothing wrong. Mashimon laughed. <laughs> I've heard that before. You only want to bet every nun in this convent. How noble. I don't blame you. They're beautiful girls. And Floriana. <whistles> so pliable. <laughs> Gonzalo blanched. She is a bride of God. He'd always thought of demons as beings of subtlety, but that was his mistake. It had only been a few moments, but this had gone too far. He would be in the confession booth for weeks. He bid Mashimon goodbye. Mashimon took a long pull from his flask. Then he held it out. This is your last chance, Padre. You need only drink with me and return my mask. I will forgive your trespasses. Fear was squeezing Gonzalo's chest, but he refused to show it. Demons lied. Mashimon was a pagan idol. That was it. Yet that hunger sat in his belly again. The memory of Floriana's kiss had scalded his lips with longing. He swallowed, repeating his prayers in his head. Aloud, he said, Get out, or I will throw you out. Mashimon put up his hands in surrender. All right, I'm going. I feel sorry for you, Padre. So restrained. I won't hold it against you. I'll still give you a very good night indeed. Mashimon pulled the door open with a flourish. Gonzalo watched him march down the hall and out of sight. Gonzalo needed to get up. He needed to close the door, but he was so tired. What had that demon done to him? He hadn't drank anything or made any pacts. So why did he feel that something horrible had happened, that things were already spinning out of control? He tried to push himself out of the chair, but the table slid away from him. He tumbled to the ground with a groan. Gonzalo heard a cry from the doorway, a woman's voice, but not Floriana's. Padre? Oh, Padre, are you all right? His eyes closed. The moans and giggles of women pressed in around him. Then all his senses dulled to darkness. Coming up, 
Padre Gonzalo faces his baser impulses. Now back to the story. Gonzalo woke up in his bed. The sky was still dark. The sheets were wrapped around him, and his robes were on the floor. He sat up, trying to remember what had happened the evening before. Floriana had kissed him, wanted him. That had to have been a dream. Then Mashimon appeared, and it had become a nightmare. His chair was still knocked on its side near the table. He had fallen. He just didn't quite remember why. He needed to return the Mashimon mask, or perhaps that was only what the demon wanted him to think. Yes, it was the devil's work. No saint advocated for sin. He needed to clear his head. Gonzalo donned his robes and hurried down the hall. The building was oddly empty. Usually he at least saw a candle burning, heard a cough or two. Gonzalo lit a candle and headed to his favorite place to pray. The Crypt of the Cavalry held the church's newest piece of art, a near-life-sized carved wooden depiction of the crucifixion. The Virgin Mary clung to Christ's feet as Mary Magdalene stood in prayer. A painted sun and moon looked down on them from above. Gonzalo's mind cleared. There was a quiet peace on the Lord's face. His dark brown beard was angular, realistic, even in its simple geometry, like Mashimon. Gonzalo felt eyes on his back, the same feeling he'd had in the tiny chapel in Santiago Atitlan. He heard a chuckle behind him. As he turned, a puff of tobacco smoke stung his eyes. He coughed as Mashimon's smile appeared through the swirling ash. A delicate hand slid around his waist, tugging with desire. Floriana purred his name. Please, hate me, spurn me, but touch me, if only for a moment. Gonzalo tried to pull away, but her grip was too strong. He begged her to let him go. Still, she pleaded. You have taken me to paradise, then torn it from me. Have mercy, Gonzalo, please. Gonzalo felt tears cloud his eyes. This was his fault. He'd brought this demon to Floriana. He twisted out of her reach with more force than he intended. She fell to his feet, weeping. Gonzalo ran for the door. Mashimon was leaning against it, smirking as he puffed on his rolled tobacco. Gonzalo opened his mouth to shout at the smug figure when another pair of hands grabbed him. To his shock, they belonged to Sister Leonor. Her usual stony expression was replaced with a look of longing. Oh, Padre, you started without me. Gonzalo pulled back. This made even less sense. Leonor despised him. Didn't she see the demon right beside the doorway anyhow? Leonor's hands moved up and down his robes, stronger than he would have expected. I've always hated you because I wanted you, don't you see? And you were so good with Floriana and me last night. Gonzalo shook his head, denying with every breath. Mashimon grinned behind Leonor. Don't worry, Padre, you didn't do anything rash. I just got them started. Pliable, you remember? Gonzalo threw Leonor to the ground and took off. 
He skidded down hallways. Doors opened as he sprinted through the convent. Calls of, Gonzalo, please, I want you, I want you, echoed through the corridors. It wasn't just Floriana and Leonor, it was all of them. Just as Mashimon had said, his guilty fantasies had become a reality, all because he'd taken a mask from a tiny village by a lake. Gonzalo ran for the only empty room he could see and slammed the door shut behind him. Crying nuns piled up against the door. He realized he was standing in the storage room. The crates bound for Madrid sat open. Mashimon's mask waited at the very top. He wondered if he could smash it, finally destroying the idol for good. But he knew that wouldn't help. The situation was truly out of control. Even he would have understood if the church wanted to execute him for witchcraft now. Tobacco smoke filled the air as Mashimon appeared. You know, I found myself in this position not too long ago. Gonzalo sighed. Of course he did. And what did you do? Mashimon chuckled to himself. <laughs> I let them in. It was overwhelming at first, but you catch up eventually, get creative. Then their husbands came back and chopped off my limbs. Still worth it. Gonzalo couldn't help but laugh as well. <laughs> the church will do worse. Mashimon offered Gonzalo his flask. Indeed, they'll do it either way. So why not have a little fun? Sometimes even saints are allowed to sin. Gonzalo considered it. He remembered how Floriana tasted, the hunger in Leonor's pale eyes. But it's a spell, isn't it? You tricked them. They can't agree to... He trailed off, ashamed at his inability to say the words. Mashimon looked offended. Never. I only freed what you people tried to lock away. Poor Floriana didn't understand that she can give up power in order to have it. And Leonor... He whistled. Surprising. <laughs> Very surprising. And you, Gonzalo... Mashimon took a contemplative puff. You can all be happy now if you let yourselves be. Gonzalo took the bottle from Mashimon. The alcohol didn't smell awful up close. It was fruity, even sweet. Maybe things weren't what they appeared to be once you really looked at them. God wanted his children to be happy, didn't he? Gonzalo took a swig. Well... Then he brushed his hair out of his face and opened the door. Some scholars have suggested that Mashimon's name partially derives from Shimon, a Maya word for knot or bundle. The Maya worshipped sacred bundles of wood before the Spanish arrived. Legend says that they tacked human masks to the bundles to pretend they were worshipping Catholic saints, and in the process, their beliefs evolved, incorporating elements of Catholicism. But sometimes that wasn't enough to keep the colonizers happy. Santiago Atitlan has the most famous Mashimon effigy, but the cause isn't exactly holy. In 1950, a Catholic priest took issue with the unorthodox saint during Santiago Atitlan's Holy Week. He attempted to light the idol on fire, but was rebuffed by the Maya worshippers. 
the priest gave the citizens of Santiago Atitlan an ultimatum. Either they remove Mashimon, or the priest would remove himself, and they would have no priest for Easter services. The people chose Mashimon. The priest left the village, only to return six weeks later with an accomplice. They chopped off the effigy's head with a machete and absconded with it. The head spent over two decades in Europe, finally ending up in a Paris museum before it was returned to Santiago Atitlan in 1979. Mashimon smokes, he drinks, he womanizes, he encourages his worshippers to be themselves and have fun. That's a scary thought to a colonizing force like early modern-era Spanish Catholicism. Even losing his head can't keep Mashimon down. This comforts a worshiper, but it also reminds you of how powerful he truly is. There's no keeping Mashimon from getting what he wants. And it's all fun and games until someone loses a limb. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with an all-new season, a trip to the wilds of Australia to meet some Aboriginal monsters. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Rache, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Scotland Yard Confidential is the new Spotify original from Parcast. Enter the minds of some of the greatest detectives in history as they crack seemingly impossible cases. Join us for episodes airing weekly starting May 19th. Follow and listen for free on Spotify.